Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 9, episode 49. Is Writing Excuses hiding the open grave? 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And Mary, you came up with this topic. We are recording live, by the way, at the Writing Excuses Retreat 2014. Say hello. <laughs> Mary, what does hiding the open grave mean? So hiding the open grave is talking about when you know that a character is there to die. Sometimes you're reading a novel and you think, this character is totally going to bite it. And then they do, and you're not surprised, and the death is hollow. I've been thinking about this a lot recently because, and this is, this is a spoiler, but you don't know which book it's for because I have three coming up in the next year and a half. <laughs> in one of the books, I'm planning on killing off a major character. And I've been thinking about how to keep the audience from knowing so that that death is actually a surprise, as opposed to being the, oh, yeah, cannon fodder. Right. Um... I think there are a lot of different strategies we could talk about in this, but I, I think the best place to start is actually by identifying the things that give tips that a character is going to die. How do you know? What are you, what are you picking up on? What are these things that are, that are driving them? This is a photo of my girlfriend waiting for me back home. <laughs> okay, why? Why does that do that, Howard? You've identified that's a trope. Well, it's, it's a trope, but one of the reasons it's effective is because we've established that this character has something waiting for them at the end of this that we can all identify with, and we haven't said that about anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so we've established, we, we've established mm -hmm. a case where if this character dies, we, will we, have know, an emotional what's, we know what's being lost. Yeah. With, with my brother, whenever he and I will read each other's stuff, um, we'll always end up at some point writing in the margins, this character wants to live in Montana. <laughs> because that's the line from Hunt for Red October, the one Russian officer who's like, I would like to live in Montana. We're like, that guy's so dead. And then he is. So, so how do we avoid this? Well, <laughs> part of the problem there is that the characters aren't real enough. They mm -hmm. have just enough you know, roundness to them that you feel bad when they die and no more than that. And so that is a cue to you that their purpose in the book will be to make you sad when they die. See, I think it's that and combined with that they serve no other function in the plot. When they right. are mm -hmm. doubling somebody else's role, if they die, people are sad, but you know that the plot will still succeed. Yes. I think it, when you have somebody and if they were to die, the plot would be in jeopardy, then that's... Well, and, and even more so than that, using this Russian officer again from Hunt for Red October, his job is redundant because, you know, the other main character is mm -hmm. a higher ranking officer. His other job is to be the sounding board. So we know when the Americans and the Russians finally come together, we don't need that guy because then the American we've been following throughout the story will become the sounding board. 
America has enough people in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to push this a little further and say you are writing this story. What do you do then to hide this character's death? The character still has to die because we're not talking about you know not killing characters. It's a different podcast. How do you make it so that it is not so blatantly obvious that the Montana guy wants to die? One thing that I've been thinking about is that that one of the things that happens to authors is that they know the character is going to die, so they uh, they truncate the plot arc. Mm-hmm. They plan a short, or they should plan a short character arc for the character, um, or an arc that, if it is truncated, does not affect the major plot. So I actually think that planning something that is longer, so that you can see the arc, and when it is when it is cut off short, it it is it comes as a surprise. So, for instance, with uh, the the, the guy who wants to live in Montana, um, if there had not been someone else who's, who was higher ranking than him, it would have mm-hmm. been surprising if he'd been killed. Absolutely. Uh, because you would have expected a long plot arc in which Montana actually is his reward. Mm-hmm. Um, if he had been in conflict with someone, like the girlfriend that's waiting back, if you have two characters that right. are in a happy relationship at the beginning... Um, that spells doom. That spells doom <laughs> for the love interest. Because particularly if it's they have a happy relationship and main character is like, no, I can't go because of girlfriend in Montana. You're like, okay, well, girlfriend is clearly going to get killed or kidnapped so that he can is, is prov- provoked into going. Um, so if you have a slightly unhappy relationship, so it looks like the thing to be resolved is the relationship between them, then when it comes up later that one of them doesn't survive, it's surprising. See, right. and th- that's a thing that I think a lot of writers are reticent to do. Because mm-hmm. why would you put an arc in there and never fulfill it? Why would you put an arc that you're never intending to fulfill? Well, this is why. Mm-hmm. Because it tricks the reader into investing in that character and, and arguably works much better when you know because they're invested in a different way. Now, this is dangerous, though, because you... Um, leave us with too many of these things, you are then not fulfilling on promises. So is there a way you can mitigate that or still fulfill the promise by creating this arc? You're giving a promise. This is going to be this character's arc. Oh, nope, halfway through, we're done. That can be unsatisfying. Well, and I think that that, I think there's two things. One is that I think that that lack of satisfaction is part of what makes the death shocking Mm -hmm. um, and what makes it feel more real because in real life, no one gets to complete their arcs. The other thing is... Um, I might live. <laughs> go ahead and think that, sweetie. <laughs> this is the first night of the retreat. <laughs> um, the other thing is that, that you and I were talking about, Brandon, um, was the idea of having somebody else pick up the arc yes. or having another way to complete it. And you had pointed mm-hmm. out something in, I think, Game of Thrones? I cannot remember what it was I pointed out. I'm sorry. That's it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but I have seen this done before very well. Um, for instance, the I'm going to go back and you know patch things up with my dad, and then the character dies, and the friend goes back with a picture of the person who died and, and said, "Hey, you know, his last words were talking about you." But that again can fall into that cliche of if you do it the wrong way, the re- the reader's going to be like, "Oh, they're dead." Then they're a not better. Gonna, yeah. a, a, I say a better. That can obviously be done well so that mm-hmm. it works fine. Um, I think of, so you're you're carrying the pie into the house and then you trip and the pie lands on the floor and nobody's getting pie for dessert but we do have ice cream in the freezer 
Yeah. Okay. That, that's you perform even some sadder than the character. Does. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know it is. But here, if uh, so, yes, he's going to patch up things with his father, and and then he dies, and then one of the other characters realizes, you know. I really don't have a very good relationship with my mom, and at the end of the book, we see that character having learned something and going and talking to his mom, and as a reader, we feel like, oh, well, at least somebody got to have something that was kind of like Pi. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's stop the book of the week because, Dan, you have our book of the week. Yes. It occurred to us as we were putting this episode together that uh, we have not yet... Uh, done ruins the third partials book yes because someone was in germany well except i the last time we recorded is while i was here on the the tour for ruins and it still didn't occur (laughs) to any of us so (laughs) alas anyway ruins ruins is the third book in the partial series which is post-apocalyptic science fiction science fiction um and we've talked about the series before the first one's kind of dystopian the second one's kind of a quest story the third one, Ruins, is an out-and-out uh, high-fantasy war story uh, disguised as post-apocalyptic science fiction. And it's and, really good. Oh, well, thank you very much. And, apropos to our discussion, several characters die <laughs> in gruesome and horrible ways. Howard, how can they get a copy of Ruins? Or if they haven't read the first one, partials. Oh, go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse 
you can start a 30-day free trial membership and pick up Ruins or any other audiobook really for free. But you should get Ruins or Partials. Yes. Uh, my uh, my 14-year-old, I caught her with Partials the other day. Oh, how dare her! Um, but it was what's funny is that it was a library copy, <gasps> and I looked at it. I said, "Oh, what, why'd you get that from the library?" She said, "Because the librarian said it would be good." I said, "Oh." We've got an arc for it downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so other clues that someone's going to die, I'm going to raise the mentor specter um, yeah. because this has several implications. The mentor, why do we know the mentor is going to die? Because the mentor usually has more skills and more knowledge, and in order for the protagonist to be able to fill the quest, you have to get kill the person who could do it better than they can. Yes, exactly. And this has become, this is a major trope of the hero's journey. And it is so blatantly obvious in today's fiction that, I mean, you, most of us who are writers, I would assume, read Harry Potter 1 and like, oh, when's Dumbledore going to die? <laughs> Spoiler, Dumbledore dies. But you know what? Um, it's, you know, it happens in basically every hero's journey movie um, or book that happened that comes. Can mm -hmm. we do anything about this? Do we want to do anything about this? Well, again, this might not be a great example because everyone knew Dumbledore was, was going to die. But mm -hmm. one thing she did that I thought worked pretty well is she gave Harry two mentors and killed one of them first. Right. And then didn't kill the other one for a couple more books. And a lot of people thought, oh, well, he's going to be safe now. We well, already lost crippled, a mentor. Crippled Dumbledore as well with the hand yes. thing, mm -hmm. which... yes. Um, she also did a very good job in having um, someone that we care about be the um, method of Dumbledore's death. Somebody that we didn't want to be yeah. involved in that, which then raises at that point as a very nice twist on the topic. Yeah, it was not just checking off the box; it mm -hmm. was a very gripping scene. That yes, we had fully seen ingrained before. in the story. And and the death of Dumbledore served some purpose other than just motivating the protagonist. Yes. Well, that's a very good point about this. Um, one of the things that makes these things translucent, it's, it's what we call the girlfriend in the refrigerator, mm -hmm. um, which comes from Green Lantern comic books, where you know he has a girlfriend, and she is killed primarily to give him motivation, um, which has all sorts of feminist implications. You can read fantastic essays about that. Storytelling-wise, it means that there is this character whose death's only purpose, the only purpose to exist was to die so that the main character can have more motive for going about their quest. Um, and that makes it very obvious when this character, they're, they're often too good to be true. They're often, you know... Uh, the, the only thing that makes yes. the hero happy. Mm -hmm. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, well then. Well, yes. and it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, make sure that the character has their own motivation. Mm -hmm. Make sure that they have their own arc and their own personality and you grow to like them for who they are and not for what they mean to the protagonist. The other thing that I've become aware of during the process of working on this um, is that there are times when, when the, the author will put in foreshadowing that this character mm -hmm. is going to die. And I actually think that it's related to, um, to something people talk about when they're driving motorcycles, which is that when you are driving a motorcycle, uh, that you need to keep your eyes on where you want to go. And the, the time when wrecks happen most is when you look at the oncoming traffic because your body will unconsciously steer into it. Mm. So I think that one of the things that an author will do is that they will yeah. focus on the death and forget 
to add in all of these other elements, forget to treat the character like a full-blown thing, but also start dropping little things like I, you know, I, I've caught myself writing, that's going to be the death of you someday. And I'm like, no! Yeah. No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're unconsciously telegraphing yeah. that, yes. that mm -hmm. event. Um, my, uh, the third John Cleaver book, I Don't Want to Kill You, um, spoiler warning, two, I won't say who, because it is, is one of my favorite things in the world, and this happened today. People will get on Twitter and just totally cuss me out for killing one of their favorite characters. The thing is, that book has two characters, two very major characters who die, and one of them I knew I was going to kill, and the other one I didn't, until I got to the point, and I'm like, well, okay, obviously, I know what's going to happen now. Um, and the one I didn't plan actually has a lot more impact, and I think it's because of that. I didn't have the opportunity to steer into it. I just got to the moment and thought, oh, this will be great. <laughs> this is actually what, one of the things I like about Schlock Mercenary is when you decide to kill a character, I mean, we've been at the gym before where you're like, you know what, I just decided this character needs to die. They've only got a week left to live. I'm like, what? Yeah. Howard, <laughs> I like that character. Well, and the, uh, uh, this, this isn't actually a spoiler because it's what people are talking about on Facebook. The, uh, uh, the character right now, Lieutenant Sorley, uh, through whose eyes we're seeing a lot of the story unfold. I really like her. Um, and when I created the character, I thought, this is a fun character, and it's and this is somebody who I could see having a heroic death, but I don't want to think about her that way. I just want to, I just, there are people on Facebook saying, oh my gosh, I love this character so much, and that means you're going to kill her, doesn't it? You know, I'm not convinced that it means that. But uh, now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> but, well, and that's, and of course, I, I will taunt them, you know. Yeah. Uh, the characters that I love, I mean, if loving a character means they're going to die, I just need to nuke the whole cast now <laughs> because I love these characters more than any of you possibly can. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned before that writing is like being a stage magician. I used that metaphor today in my class um, at the Writing Excuses Retreat here. Um, I think that one of the reasons you know, I, I personally like nice character deaths where there is something behind them, where it's not a casual, um, you know, the, the, there's, there is importance, there is emotion, there is power, and it's part of what can make an ending really sing for me. To do that right, I feel like the foreshadowing needs to be in place for their arc to have come to a surprising resolution. And I think you can use the same sort of tools that you use for any sort of climactic event, where it is going to be surprising yet inevitable. You want the, the death to be surprising, and yet in doing so, that somehow fulfills their arc in an inevitable sort of way that you're like, wow, that is the end of this story. I didn't see it coming. And a lot of times it's less about um, that moment and more about earlier on doing lots of the red herrings, the distractions. Um, the things that are going to make you assume that this character is safe. One you of my can. favorite, favorite character deaths in fiction, and you can argue that it doesn't count because she brings him back in that book, is uh, Miles Vorkosigan's death mm. in uh, Mirror Dance. Mm. Um, we are in his point of view, and he sees, he sees the uh, the gunman. You know, they're fighting against pop up, and fire right into his chest and as he's falling backwards his last thoughts were wait but I haven't mm. and then we change POV and I remember reading that and thinking 
Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> and then we switch to the point of view of the character that they were trying to rescue and how this has impacted that character. It was a really, really powerful book because I didn't see it coming. And when we get that character back, it does not feel cheap. It feels like the sort, the sort of thing that only science fiction could pull off. I think actually one of the things you just mentioned is uh, POV that frequently the character who is killed off doesn't get a POV, and everybody mm. else does. Right. Um, in London Falling by Paul Cornell, there is a, a character death that I did not see coming, and it shocked me so much that I actually flipped back a page as if somehow if I reread it, the words would be arranged <laughs> in a magically different order. I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, but we are out of time okay. on this topic, but I think this is, this is actually part of a larger topic mm -hmm. um, because how well this works is going to depend on how enfranchised your reader is, how well they understand storytelling and writing so that you can fool the enfranchised reader or the, so you can give them payoffs that a, a, um, a less enfranchised reader wouldn't get is a skill into itself. And I'm going to can of worms that and send us into another podcast on that topic. That sounds great. Awesome. So your writing prompt, I'm going to give it to you. I want you to take a story that you've been planning, you've been working on, and I want you to kill the protagonist in the first scene. And then force yourself to take one of your other characters and have them step up and take over the story. You don't have to finish writing the story. It's just an exercise for you to do. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Now go commit murder. <laughs> Fictionally. Kill your darlings. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.